Good morning, fellow survivors, and thank you for tuning in to another day of Mercury, a broadcast of hope. It's day 1,256 since we came back on the air, and listeners, it is the Ides of March. Of all the holidays for us to annually acknowledge on the broadcast, the Ides of March is not the one I would pick. Why not? We're living in a fallen world. After the end of a great civilization, another dark age, so to speak. Why not hearken back to ancient Rome? You know the fall of Rome wasn't as much of an all-at-once kind of thing as doomsdayers will make it out to be. Yes, yes, I know that there were a lot of factors. I don't know what they all were, but that's another topic for another day. In the meantime, let's talk about clothes. Is that more relevant than the contributing factors to the fall of the Roman Empire? Absolutely it is. As we get farther and farther away from the modern garment industry, we're going to have to rethink the way we dress and the kinds of clothes we wear. And you're thinking perpetual toga party is the way to go? Hear me out. So much of the way we dress now is reliant upon synthetic fibers. Everything has stretch in it. Everything is some sort of polyester, lycra, spandex blend that makes our clothes nice and stretchy and cozy and comfy. You're right. Towards the end, I was finding it hard to find a single pair of women's jeans that didn't have some sort of stretch component to it. And the clothes we wore were designed with that in mind. Can you imagine trying to fit into a pair of skinny jeans with no stretch? Or underwear? Even cotton underwear has a stretchy waistband. I hadn't considered that. I think the biggest differences in the way people dress now versus any time in history is that inclusion of synthetic stretchy fibers. When all the clothes that were made before the fall have completely worn out and can't be repurposed anymore, we'll all be reliant upon natural fabrics again. Which means we won't be able to dress exactly the way we did before. So we must look to history. And to ancient Rome, I presume? Well, Dr. Clark, would you rather wear a chemise, corset, petticoat, underskirt, skirt, bodice kind of outfit? Or would you rather wear a pala and a stola? I get the feeling you're going to make your case for the latter. So go right ahead. I'm on board with anything that keeps me away from bustles. We think of ancient Romans as wearing one type of garment, togas. While togas were definitely a huge part of Roman fashion, it wasn't the outfit of choice for daily activities. And it was only worn by men. Men, boys, women, and girls all wore tunics in their day-to-day life. Easy, breezy, beautiful, functional tunics. They'd be short-sleeved or sleeveless for men and boys, and usually knee-length. Women and girls typically wore tunics with sleeves that were a little longer than that. That sounds pretty simple. Exactly. I think that with all the manual skill we've lost as a population, it's going to be years before we have a population of clothiers accomplished enough to pull off anything resembling a Baroque court gown. So I think the classic Roman tunic is the perfect inspiration for our new world. So how does one make such a tunic? You take some cloth, cut it into a rectangle, sew it into a tube, and pin the top together. Ta-da! And what about those sleeves you mentioned? You can either make your tube extra wide so it covers part of your arms as well as your torso, or you can sew them on after the fact. Oh, and then you add a belt. What if it gets cold? 
you add a layer underneath. I guess that's fairly obvious. So, what were these Stapala things you mentioned? Dr. Clark, you're such a history buff. I'm surprised you don't already know these things. Fashion was never the side of history I was particularly interested in. Fair enough. So a stola is a formal women's garment, kind of the counterpart to the male toga. If you've seen an ancient Roman sculpture of a woman wearing a long dress with folds on folds on folds, you've seen a stola. Those look so complicated. Their construction is pretty simple, actually. Just more big rectangles. The folds are all in the art of the fastening and the draping. Stolas are fastened together with cute little buttony things called fibulae and then belted, usually twice, once below the breasts and once at the waist. Sometimes for extra flowy, foldy, drapey goodness, wealthy women would attach a limbus. That's another piece of fabric with lots of folds sewn into the hem to make it look like there's a whole nother dress under there. So what was the other thing you mentioned? A pala is a woolen wrap worn with the stola. It's even easier to construct, just one big rectangle. And you wear it like a coat or a cloak or over an arm or shoulder. Endless possibilities. Well, I think all these ancient clothes sound pretty functional and simple. Totally, and not a lycra blend in sight. Are there any other ancient cultures you're hoping we end up emulating in our fashion evolution? Or devolution, I suppose, would be more accurate? I haven't done any further research yet. I was too focused on preparing something Roman for the Ides of March. Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot that that was the whole inspiration behind this broadcast. Remember, remember the... Wait, that's the other ominous calendar event. I think you're looking for Beware the Ides of March. Thanks, Dr. Clark. Listeners, beware the Ides of March. Listeners, what garment styles are you hoping to return to? Will you miss your stretchy leggings once they all wear out? Let us know. We'll be back tomorrow. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this has been Dr. Rosalind Clark and Agnes Drew. Take care of each other.